Super Shoot Brothers! That's right, folks. No, you did not just turn on your GameCube. You are listening to the one and only Shoot Brothers podcast, the greatest wrestling podcast, some might say. I've heard at least one person say that. Uh, it's, of course, hosted by myself, Mike the Shoot Shepherd, and Cameron, Brother Osborne. Bang, 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 bang. And this is it. We are here uh, amidst the regular wrestling week. Well, I guess Dynamite was on a Saturday, but we're finally back. They're, it's Wednesday night. They're having another show tonight, but it, we're not covering that because it hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything else is here. Uh, maybe even in some little middle segment for you. Maybe we'll see. But Maybe we'll see. Well, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. This is the Shroop Brothers. This is the podcast. And, uh, you know, we're sort of uh, coming to the end of June. You know, dads and grads, you had your month. This is the month <laughs> of dads and grads. And then come July 1st, I want them all to shut the hell up. It's not about them anymore. Yeah. Summertime. Uh, the official day of Canada tomorrow to mm-hmm. bring us in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah, July, money in the bank, lots of wrestling, AEW's having specials every week, lots of fun stuff. It's gonna be through these It's gonna be a great summer. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hot summer with some even hotter wrestling action. So let's uh let's just get ourselves into it, right? And let's uh start the week the only way that we know how, uh with is which is with crowning a brand new tweet of the week champion. It's the tweet of the week. It's the Ready tweet of the week. Champion, um, uh, from a new first time tweet of the week champion comes uh, from none other than uh, than the, um, the 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 uh, savior to humanity, the the answer that all cis white men all over the planet have been looking for. Really, Joe Rogan, uh, <laughs> the the uh, the the deity to such group. Um, when he uh, tweeted out, now he has a well uh, in his stand up specials has a well documented shitting on professional wrestling. Uh, thing and no fault to his it is very hard to get UFC fans into and boxing fans and real fighting fans into professional wrestling it is very difficult to convince them that it is entertainment and not fighting so I think it's something to do with the extra you know testosterone and HGH that's flowing through their brains they can't quite make the connection <laughs> between oh it's not fighting it's like you're watching a movie they can't quite get yeah. that together um, but recently um, A&E has been doing uh, uh, WWE documentaries um, throughout you watched any I have watched a few actually um, yeah, I watched or, the Steve Austin one I need to watch more now that they've come out okay or at least rather i'm watching whatever they're giving to us on youtube i don't know if that's oh. the full special but it, it appears it's like 27 Is minutes like a, um i think the one i watched was like an hour and a half okay okay so maybe i'm getting maybe i was watching like kind of like a an extended previews of whatever but you know i'm still yeah. i'm still getting some of the content here yeah um yes. but earlier on in the week a um uh joe rogan Tweeted out uh, a, a, a great photo of um, Macho Man Randy Savage mid promo. You know, he just kind of took a photo of his television, and he said, "These <laughs> WWE documentaries on AE A and E right now are really well done. Maybe I'm really high, but I think I now <laughs> am beginning to truly understand pro wrestling." 
Now, this could be a breakthrough for all of fighting sports all around the world. If if Rogan <laughs> is on board, I mean, what if that's 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 statistically ninety nine point seven percent of all straight white men will follow that will follow this word as it is doctrine. Um, who knows? We could be facing a whole new set of uh, professional wrestling fans just from this one tweet. Joe Rogan could be the five foot three bald headed gap between MMA. That's and what it is. We needed a real bald <laughs> gap uh, between uh, a real head. His head's growing at an exponential rate. And it must have something to do with it. <laughs> I think him and Dana White have a competition to who can get the biggest head. Who can have the biggest head? Him and Dana White have a million dollars on it. Uh, who can yeah. be? Who can have the fatter, balder, sweatier head? <laughs> and uh, so far, it's neck and neck. I really don't know who I'd go with. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Joe Rogan. I mean, I don't watch him that much, but uh, it, I over don't, the years, uh, yeah, he's definitely started to come around on wrestling. Like he's had wrestler, he's had like Jake the Snake on and other guys and. He's respect. He respects the pain and shit they go through now, I think. And, um, but yeah, whatever. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. I think he's coming around to that. Uh, and it would be a great, it would be great for all of uh, for all of, uh, you know, kind of fighting sports. As long as they don't kind of uh, as long as a UFC fan doesn't watch that Jake Hager uh, Wardlow match from last week, that would be a little too much too soon. I think yeah. they need to watch a lot more professional wrestling and then be like, oh, okay, now they're doing a cage, like a UFC-style fight. Oh, okay. Now we're sort of with the ebbs and flows. Don't jump straight to that. Yeah, uh, but either way, Joe Rogan, brand new Tweet of the Week champion. The 80th. Well, whether you like 80th, it or not. 80th. Wow. Yeah. Whether he likes it or not, he's now officially in the wrestling business with this award. <laughs> yeah, he truly is. He's part of the professional wrestling zeitgeist. With yeah. one little tweet. That's all you need. That's all you need, Joey. That's all you need, Joey. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Uh, congratulations, Joe Rogan. Let's move on with our week, shall we? Uh, Dynamite. Yeah, like we said, it's been all over the place. This week, it took place on a Saturday of all times Saturday. and places. Uh, but one night before Saturday, wasn't it on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, it was Saturday. Okay, so. thank God, thank God. But one night before Saturday, we find ourselves um, in Tampa, Florida, and we are counting down the days on these Thunderdome shows. Uh, there are really not too many left, and end, end of an era of sorts. Uh, so let's get right into uh, this week's WWE programming with a little bit of SmackDown Live. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. It's time for SmackDown Live. It, uh, it used to be on Tuesday, but then... Uh, I think it was on Friday before, though. No, no, wait. They used to film it on a Thursday and then release it. It's just SmackDown Live. SmackDown. Maybe um, two more. I think the six, the 16th of July, for whatever reason, seems to be a day that sticks out in my mind as the first non-Thunderdome show. Yeah, SmackDown's the first one back, so. Uh, yeah, I guess only just a couple more episodes here. So. Wow. End of the era. Yeah, it really say. is. It really is. Uh, end of an era here in the Thunderdome. Uh, what do we have for this week? Um, we're, we're, this is, is this our after Money in the Bank? Sorry, not Money in the Bank. Hell in a Cell show? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, great. Yeah. So, you know, more of the same. Jimmy's backstage with Roman. Jay is still not there. Uh, he says he's not coming back. But Jimmy says, I got you. So he really just flipped the switch. 
in these last two weeks. Mm hmm. Uh, who knows? What, yeah. Know. Uh, there's still, I, I think know. there's still a lot of story to tell there in the Uso uh, family kind of drama or whatever. Yeah. whatever. Whatever it is, like the story of those two and Roman is not done yet. No. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, we but, need resolution. They can't just all of a sudden be aligned and this guy's going to, I don't know. Yeah. We'll but uh, I think uh, coming down at least to uh, to kind of be get, get get themselves down to the ring to kick off this broadcast was uh, Bianca Belair cutting right. uh, a classic kind of celebratory promo. Of course, she got the victory uh, over Bailey at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, she threw in the ding dong. The witch is dead. <laughs> so uh, but then Seth Rollins comes out because he's mocking Cesaro for losing and insults Belair and. Uh, Bailey comes out, and anyways, this all leads to mixed tag match: Cesaro, Bianca taking on Seth Rollins and Bailey, and uh, yeah, you know it was fine. But these four have been fighting a lot of each mm-hmm. other lately. So, but uh, anyways, Bianca gets Bailey up for the KOD, but then Rollins just kind of runs through the ring. Um, Cesaro bumps into Bel Air, causes Bailey to, I don't know. Bailey gets loose, hits her with the knee, and then the rose plant gets the win. So Bailey just pinned the champ, just like that. Just like that. You know, these mixed tag matches um, are uh, they some often feel a little wonky, just due to that kind of stipulation that you know the men need to fight the men, the women need to fight the women. So it 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 feels like it can be a little not organic. Uh, one thing I really liked was I feel as though um, Bailey and Seth Rollins, both of their heel personas lining up very well uh, for two characters who have been on the main roster like the exact same amount of time. Like the two of these have crossed paths backstage, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure they've been, you know, I mean, of course, Bailey and Becky Lynch came up together and uh, it's like they've always been around each other. But I feel like I would like to see these two be friends more. Maybe again this week. I feel like they're both cocky. They both got a laugh. That Seth Rollins laugh. Who knows? It could become. It could become kind of like you know they're the king and queen of the laugh uh, thing. I don't know. I don't know. But um, no, I like that. I like that. I, uh, we need. You know, just like a mutual friendship, not just no, a no mutual friendship. You know, <laughs> like, hey, you're in the men's division, you're in the women's division. You, you would never try to get one over on the other one because it wouldn't exactly. do anything better for you. So you're not uh, trying to date, you're not trying to manage each other. You're just you're just helping each other, looking out for each other. Exactly, exactly. So if <laughs> no, if if nothing else, maybe we'll get more of Bailey and Seth Rollins in the future. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the royal coronation of uh, King Shinsuke Nakamura, presented by Mr. Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs! <laughs> so Nakamura comes out, he sits on the throne, and then Boogs bestows the crown upon him, plays some guitar as McAfee's going wild. He does a little Stone Cold impression. He's, he... he's spilling water all <laughs> over himself. He's like, Yeah, smashing together, just chugging water. He's going nuts. <laughs> uh then we go backstage where Baron Corbin is quite depressed. He just walks off from an interview saying, what's the point? So maybe we're getting a, a new uh, image, for, or at least he's no longer the king. Maybe he's going to, I don't know, get a new look. Well, and Baron Corbin for years now has never shown any emotion outside of the emotion that he's always shown of I'm the best. 
I'm mm-hmm. a heel. Uh, so yes, showing a little bit of character development the other way. Um, some vulnerability. Some which we've never seen out <laughs> of the twelve-time uh, Golden Glove fighter <laughs> champion Corey Graves. Yeah. Um, but Money in the Bank's coming up, so we got some more qualifiers to do here. Uh, Big E taking on Apollo Cruz. Cruz, he hits that nice. This is become a regular spot of his now. He does that Death Valley driver out of the apron, which always looks cool. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyways, they're fighting around the ring. Aziz shoves Big E into the barricade behind the ref's back, and then he locks up, ready to hit him with the Nigerian nail, but the ref turns around, catches him, literally catches him by the arm, stopping that nail. And uh, he ejects Aziz from ringside, and right after that, Big E hits the big ending, gets the win. So he's heading to his... First ever Money in the Bank match, if you can believe that. I cannot believe that, no. Yeah, you, that was a surprising stat. You think he would have been there? Well, I guess it, maybe it feels like every year uh, booking has to put one member of the New Day in <laughs> into <laughs> so that Money in the Bank turn. match. So, you know, he sort of maybe ends up being the odd man out. Um, yeah, it, it, this one felt weird uh, after however many, after what feels like months of Big E and Apollo Crews going at it. Apollo Crews keeps getting the heat because he needs Commander Aziz there to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel as though, you know, as soon as Aziz got kicked from ringside, here I'm thinking to myself, this is the moment where Apollo Crews finally wins a match without <laughs> this guy nope. interfering. And then I'm like, nope, we'll just go back to the standard kind of 50-50 thing. Um which feel which sucks because I feel like when Apollo Cruz won, we were very excited for something new, and then he wins, and now he needs this guy there clearly, or else he will lose. Uh, I just don't feel him as a threat to anybody. Yeah, I hope it's not the case, but knowing Vince, his this whole project could be to get Aziz over, and Apollo Cruz is just kind of the the magnet that gets him there. Yeah, well, I mean, like, Aziz is big. Look at him. Look at him. He won it at Mania, correct? Uh, the Intercontinental title? Yeah. I can't remember now. Okay. Might have been a SmackDown. I can't really remember. It might have been slightly around there. Actually, I, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the Nigerian drum fight. I can't remember even. I don't even oh, remember Oh, the that Nigerian happened. drum fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nigerian street fight, whatever it was. Yeah. But uh, anyways, he's still the Intercontinental champion. So. Yeah, and, and still, it was a non-title match. Yeah. But uh, Sonya Deville's in the ring to announce the first SmackDown women's competitor in the Money in the Bank, Carmella. Just like that. No qualifying. Now, this exact same thing happened last year, Mike. I'm sure we could go back to a show, like an episode of this podcast around this year, where the men all had to qualify, but the women were just thrown in there. Well, I mean, uh, on Raw, they had to qualify the women. Yeah, I and this, the, why? Why? Is it because it's a two-hour <laughs> show and we can't afford the time to book these matches? Uh, or, sorry, it's like one hour less. You know, it's a two, only, yeah, it's only yeah. a two-hour program yeah, versus two three. Uh, seems weird, right? Know. Seems weird. Well, if that wasn't enough, um, Liv Morgan then comes out and says, hey, what the fuck, I beat... Carmella last week. I belong in the Money in the Bank match more than her. Uh, and they just kind of exchange insults and smack each other. And Sonia says, all right, Liv, take on Carmella right here. Prove you belong in the Money in the Bank. So at least someone has to fight for it. But uh, 
yeah, we just jump right into Liv Morgan Carmella. Uh, I guess one of the notable things, they showed a slow motion replay of Carmella with a big kick right in the throat of Liv. Yeah. Looked pretty nasty. Don't look bad. But anyways, at the finish, Carmella tries to go for like a top rope perk and run a thing, but Liv just rolls through, stacks her up, pins Carmella. So Liv is in the Money in the Bank match. Which this so and then how it ended it just seems weird. So both Carmella and Liv Morgan are in the match, although Carmella lost a match where had the other person lost, she would have been out. Yeah, <laughs> feels just bizarre. Why couldn't why just why couldn't like I don't even care if it's on main event and they tell us later. Like do the match and then I don't know. It seems weird. It seems weird. Seems weird. I mean, especially because they still have two more weeks. They didn't have to rush it. You could just do one match each week. Well, if there's one thing I know about WWE booking is that we need to book the pay-per-view immediately. We don't have time to waste. It doesn't matter what the (laughs) pay-per-view is. It doesn't matter how far away it is. We need to do it now. Um... Well, remember, there was a couple times where, like, we only know two matches going into the show. <laughs> but then, then SmackDown, yeah. they would book, like, three or four. Yeah, very – yeah, and that, the two days before the pay-per-view, they're like, here's a match. Here's another match. Here's, I think that yeah. happened before Hell in a Cell, actually. Uh, anyways, the main event, we get Jimmy Uso taking on Dolph Ziggler. Nothing really too crazy here. I guess Ziggler hits a zigzag on the steel steps. Uh but then Jimmy fights back, and he ends up hitting a super kick to get the win. And then he goes to the back as Roman's coming out, and then Heyman just says, "Yeah, stay, stay, you stay here, or you stay out. This is just me and Roman's time." But uh, yeah, they just uh, Heyman gives a State of the Union address, talk about all the men that have fallen at the feet of the big dog, and says there's no one left. And Roman goes to speak, but then Edge comes out, gets in the ring, and just pummels on Roman and. Uh, Reigns fights back, grabs a chair, but then Edge spears him, takes the chair, uh, but then Roman's headed up the ramp, so he just hits Jimmy instead with the chair. Or, no, he spears Jimmy through the barricade, that's what happened. Yeah, he set him up for the concerto, but it never quite it never quite yeah. happened there. Never quite happened. Spear through the barricade, Edge stands tall, uh, and it looks like he's coming for Roman. And we were wondering... What's that singles match he never got. We were wondering when we were going to see him next... Uh, you know, we knew it was gonna happen. Uh, he's advertised for one of the SmackDown shows. Yeah, so this could even be your title match at Money in the Bank if they want to do it before SummerSlam. Yeah, it could be. It could be if they have a bigger plan for SummerSlam, which we all think they do. They keep telling us it's gonna be like Mania. Yeah, I mean, uh, I expect one of John Cena or Brock Lesnar to probably be there. Cena or Brock? One of, if not both. If not, not both. I mean, not both. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, sure, we'll talk about our SummerSlam when we get there. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few people who I think will be coming back um, yeah. personally. Um, but that's how, we, that's how we end the show. That was your SmackDown. You know, uh... uh. Which I guess, uh, well, yeah, like you said, you know, this could be a Money in the Bank match, which feels a bit weird because this was almost felt like it was supposed to be the Mania match, and then Daniel Bryan got like thrown in there, kind of. <laughs> yeah. uh, so maybe this is the actual one-on-one match that we thought we were gonna get, and then I, we're just left asking the question: Well, then why was Daniel Bryan even in the first one in the first place? <laughs> uh, just uh, just to sell the T-shirt of Roman Reigns pinning two dudes at the same time. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Not too sure, 
But um, yeah, either way, it looks like we're getting that singles match. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I'm sure uh, we will. That was all of SmackDown, though. That was the whole show. Yeah. Two hours. It's like clean. You can just kind of, you know, set your watch to it. Yeah. Nice and easy. You know, doesn't overstay its welcome. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's not (laughs) grueling to get through. It doesn't have that third hour where we're just like looking at our watch like, oh, that last guy at the party. You barely even know. You're like, come on. Yeah. You're like, I got to go to sleep. Like, (laughs) (laughs) wait for the cab outside. Uh, Let's move on then, because um, this show has been jumping around all over the place and it really doesn't feel like. Uh, it's felt a home, or it's felt. It hasn't really felt like it's had a home since uh, we're moving from Fridays back to Wednesdays, back to Fridays. Now on a Saturday, uh, but this week might be our is are going to be our last uh, kind of odd show. Uh, so it's eight p.m. It's Saturday night. <laughs> let's tune in to yeah, some. At least it's eight p.m. At least it's not ten p.m. Yeah, let's tune into some all elite wrestling dynamite. AEW. All Elite, they coming for you, Vince. Better watch out. It's too sweet. Where, uh, I mean, our main event, we already know what's coming up. We have Jungle Boy taking on Kenny Omega for that AEW World Championship, of course. Jungle Boy uh, won the Casino Battle Royal at Double or Nothing, earning himself this opportunity. And the crowd from the get-go, you could tell they were hot for, their, they've been waiting for this. And he and he earned the permanent respect of Christian Cage on that night. He did. Oh he did. He he got a hug, <laughs> got a little slap yeah. on the back, got one of those. Uh, you know, you're pretending that you have a belt around your waist. Yeah. You know, where somebody goes <laughs> like that, like Cam Newton does. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but this week's show um, actually kicks off uh, with some singles action. <laughs> singles action. Yeah, can you believe it? I certainly Uh, cannot. Uh, But we have Adam (laughs) Hangman Page taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs uh, without the uh, the rest of Team Taz. Uh, They didn't show up with him. No, so he's in there on his own. Uh, has he always had the FTW on the back of his gear? I I I noticed it this week. I think so. If not, the gear's always been orange. Yeah. Yeah. No, but there's well, we'll play. I'll mention it more at the end of the match here, but. Anyway, it's pretty solid wrestling here. Nice competitive stuff. Uh, I guess one of the big moments was when Hangman goes for this move and Hobbs gets out of the way and he cracks his head hard right off the ring post. Hard way. Those those AEW ring posts, man. Those square shaped. They need to make those things circles, you know? Because uh, that's four extra corners that you could hit yourself on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know circles are the safest shape. That's why the Volkswagen Beetle is so safe. And, is it? You know? <laughs> Yeah, is, arches. Is the Beetle the, the safe, safe structure. vehicle? <laughs> That's what I've heard. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah, Hangman, he cracks his head. There's a bunch of blood coming out the top. Uh, yeah, pretty much just dyed his hair red. This was yeah, no blade job It was, job on, it was here, at folks. the back of the head, too. Yeah, so that was, that was tough. Uh, but then mid-match, those other guys that you mentioned from Team Taz come out. Ricky Starks, Hook, and Starks hands the FTW title over to Hobbs. But then Cage runs out, attacks Starks, takes his FTW title back. And I'm like, oh, now you care about it. Mm-hmm. So, But anyways, Hobbs turns around. Hangman jumps him. Or, yeah, Hangman jumps in with the buckshot lariat. But Hobbs counters it with a huge spine buster. Damn good looking spine buster Ooh. for a two count. 
But then the hangman fights back. He hoists up Hobbs and hits him with the dead eye, which looked very impressive on a man the size of Hobbs. And of course, that gets page of three. Adam, win. Adam Page has become uh, this guy where I feel as though if if AEW does not start with a tag team boat, it starts with Adam Page in a singles match, and he's <laughs> he, he 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 he's the crowd loves him. So he yeah. kind of puts on a very hot match, you know, gives the crowd a little pop, creates energy, uh, and then eventually, you know, he'll fight back and get the win. Um, whenever that title opportunity comes for Adam Hangman Page, there was this bit on Being the Elite this uh, this past week where, uh, like, Evil Uno had, was, uh, gave, uh, made an elixir that shows everybody their future. <laughs> um, so everybody's drinking it, and it was like a bunch of silly stuff. <laughs> When it came to, like, John Silver and uh, kind of, like, the rest of them. But when Adam Page drank his, it was a blurry uh, kind of zoom in to the AEW championship. Uh, oh. You know, it, he, he is coming for it soon enough. But until then, he can just kind of be relied on to put on all these uh, hot matches. When it comes to Brian Cage and that FTW championship, you know, the eventual feud between him and Hobbs for that belt hopefully uh is just gonna be i i think it's gonna it's gonna be a fun big man matchup yeah no that's what made me notice the ftw on hobbs gear like maybe he wants that title now oh, he's, okay he's coming for it yeah it could be but uh yeah anyways fun opening match like you said with the hangman you can't go wrong you really cannot go wrong <laughs> uh then we get tony Schiavone in the ring to interview the legend tolly blanchard uh, but then we bring out Lucha legend Conan. And Tony just talks about, or Tolly talks about Conan interfering in the stadium stampede match. And they both cut promos, putting over their teams. FTR, pride and powerful. They exchanged some insults. I think Conan said Tolly's going to have to learn Spanish to speak to his grandchildren or something. That was pretty good. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Tolly threatens to have FTR beat up Conan. He just says, I knew you'd try that. And he brings out Santana and Ortiz, who look a little different. They're all dressed up, very frumpy looking with these hoodies and bandana face paint. Uh, but then Tully says, look at the big screen. And we see Santana and Ortiz laid out in the back. And then inside the ring, FTR remove their disguise and beat down Conan, hitting him with a double spike pile driver. And I guess yeah, we saw Conan. He was the DJ of the uh, of the uh, Stampede, <laughs> the Stadium Stampede last month. Uh, you know, nice little angle setting up. Uh, you know, or kind of rather adding heat to what will probably you know the feud that we have between uh, Santana Ortiz and FTR. Conan yeah. and essentially, uh, you know, effectively establishing his relationship as part of the babyface group. Uh, yeah, and, and we've seen a bunch of these kind of Santana Ortiz promos. Uh, they've a few have been on Dark, maybe a, a few kind of throughout the uh, rest of the program, or sorry, like the weekly kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, Santana Ortiz—they're coming. They—they they need some. They need to come in as a tag team. They need to kind of get that back between the two of them. Yeah, let's get. They can have a hot match with FTR. Hopefully, get the win and climb the ranks. Come for those tag titles. Yeah, it would be. It would be great to see. It really would be. Uh, then we get singles action, Dante Martin of Top Flight, who I'm sure have been featured on Dark every week. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's featured on Dark, baby. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, featured you, on 15 Dark. 15 matches. We got 15 it. matches. You know who's going over. 
because it's the people who you know, <laughs> the ones who don't go over. Yeah. The wingmen, uh, they were so- on they were on dark last night. JD Drake <laughs> taking on Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, I'm watching it. I was watching it. Yeah. Hey, that's good. We gotta we gotta make sure these they're not fudging the numbers on these rankings. Someone's gotta watch it. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> gotta watch Dark. What I like about watching Dark is that it premieres, you know, it premieres live on YouTube. You watch it, you look up on the little counter and you see that, you know, there's ninety seven hundred other people watching. And you're and you feel it's like a sense <laughs> of community. It's like I know for a fact that there's nine that all these people and me. Yeah, it feels nice. Is there a live chat? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I watch it on the uh, the smart TV, which doesn't have the live chat kind of feature yeah. there. It's just, you know, it's more just kind of, you yeah, click it. Yeah. Well, those live chats, you can't even participate. They go so fast anyways. I know. What's the point? Unless they're, you know, <laughs> yeah. unless it's a very, very small show where not many yeah, people there's are there's like a dozen viewers and you're like talking to the guy, but that's about it. Yeah. No. Oh, well. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, backstage, MJF just cuts a promo insulting Dean Malenko after he assaulted him last week. Uh, but then he gets jumped by Jericho, and we get a big brawl between the inner circle and the pinnacle. And uh, They fight their way down to the ring, and pinnacle's got the upper hand until Sammy Guevara comes running out, turns the tides. Because uh, I think, yeah, I forgot to mention, he was attacked earlier in the day in the parking lot with a chair by Sean Spears. Dangerous so place. That's why he was a little late, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get Ethan Page, the other Page, uh, taking on Bear Bronson of Bear Country. Who have they been on Dark these last weeks? Bear Country's crushing it on Dark. Uh, <laughs> also, one of the backstage. There's like some kind of like it's like a it's like a we it's like a weekly news type segment or not like interview type segment where they have one of the kind of backstage personalities interviewing all, all sorts of, all the dark all the dark guys you know just asking them questions this that the other yeah they're around <laughs> yeah well either way they're on t or at least one of them's on tv here and he looked pretty good uh, they go back and forth bronson climbs to the middle rope but then scorpio sky distracts him on the outside long enough for Paige to come in and lift him up for an impressive Eagle's Edge to get the victory. It's a good move, uh, especially on a big man like that. But. The Eagle's Edge. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, formerly the Razor's Edge. But well, still. you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta change it. You gotta change the name. Yeah. Uh, but afterwards, he cuts a promo on Darby Allen, and this was the first time we I've ever heard this in AEW. There was a lot of what chance going on. Yeah, for the fir- for the first kind of time, I was wondering if that was if that was something that like Ethan Page fans follow. You know, if he gets wooded a lot, uh, but it's a it's a professional wrestling staple. I mean, but this uh, it's usually just WWE. I don't know. Either way, it was, it was strange. But uh, the the whole thing ends up with him challenging Darby to a coffin match. So hey. Another thing coming over from WWE. Uh, yeah, a coffin match at Road Rager. I don't know if you caught that little uh, thing oh, there, yeah, too. That will be the name. Um, they marked it as July 7th. That'll be the name of one of the, uh, yeah, like you said, the weekly kind of course. special shows they have. Yeah. So, coffin match, that should be fun. Uh, yeah. Have you seen one before? Uh, yeah, we had a co- there was a coffin match in uh, when we went oh, to Saudi. Oh, Saudi. Taker Rusev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, So let me rephrase. Have you ever seen a good casket (laughs) match? (laughs) No, Uh, but I know the I know the deal. I think wasn't there like a Taker Stone Cold one also? 
Yeah, yeah there's been a Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I can picture some of them. It's just like yeah. the coffins just beside the ring, right? And they're just kind of get- yeah, yeah, they're always kind of campy and fun. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm. I, I, my prediction is Darby Allen's gonna go for a coffin drop, miss land, land right in the coffin. In the coffin. Yeah, <laughs> that would be it. That would be it. Okay, moving on to some women's action here. We got uh, good Canadian girl, the Bunny, taking on Chris Statlander, who is undefeated since her return from the claw machine there. But uh, Bunny as well, you know, this is her second singles match on Dynamite in the last few weeks. So good for her. Hmm. A little bit of a spotlight here. And yeah, I've noticed she's improving. Like her her in-ring, the little things she's doing more, like the facial expressions, they're standing out. She's growing. I like it. Hey, everybody, but, uh, everybody gets better on Dark, baby. Everyone <laughs> gets better on Dark. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing it right before my eyes. But uh, Statlander, she's one of my top two women in the company here so she's the one to get the win after hitting that big bang theory uh but after the match blade and th2 come out uh so orange cassidy or no yeah they grab orange cassidy and they punch him in the face with the brass knuckles devastating stood tall if you're ever uh if you're ever cruising around on that youtube page there um you gotta look for Jack Evans and Angelico highlights from Lucha Underground. Holy shit. Were they still Angelico and Jack Evans? Yeah, they're still called their same name. Uh, Whether or not they compete as a team or not, as as two of them in singles competition, whatever it is, you gotta watch these guys go. They go toe-to-toe with some of the best luchadors on the planet. And they don't skip a beat. It is, uh, yeah. it's actually, I, I was just came across like my recommended videos was like, uh, like Jack Evans top 25 kind of moments in Lucha Underground. And I was like, sure, I'll watch this. It was only like, you know, a 17 minute long video, or whatever. Like, sure, what the hell, I'll watch it. <laughs> and oh boy, yeah, these guys can, they can go way harder than the amount of exposure they get on national television it is crazy you gotta watch some of the some of the shit that these guys can do yeah no lucha underground's got some crazy shit. there's this there's this one bit because they film that that show was filmed in a like a studio where fans would be around and there's this one bit where they there's like a second floor balcony and jack evans goes for like a huge running off the balcony go for the splash but he's lying down in the middle of the ring he just rolls out and jack evans falls down 25 feet straight down onto the canvas (laughs) and it's just he like he bounces up like he hits it and then bounces (laughs) like he got that much spring on it these guys can fucking go uh i'd love to see so much more of them uh, yeah, whether it be on Dark, whether it be here on the main, uh, you know, kind of the main show, Rampage, you know, it could be the perfect show for guys like that. Yeah, hopefully Tony Khan's listening. Tony, well, Vince, we know Vince is listening. Tony, you better <laughs> relax, you better be, and we're talking Tony yeah. Khan, the good one. The good Khan. The good Khan. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but let's go to this main event, the much-hyped, much-anticipated Kenny Omega defending his AEW World Heavyweight Championship against Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. But before the bell can even ring on the outside of the ring, Marco Stunt's just getting a little too worked up. He gets in the ring and tries to go after the elite, but the ref holds him back, kicks him out, kicks him and Luchasaurus out from ringside. (laughs) 
So the good brothers just laugh and point. But the ref says, no, 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 you too. We don't like you good brothers. So he's gone. We're getting some straight singles action. Uh, Kenny's pissed off. He shoves the ref. But then the ref shoves him back. And, <laughs> and Kenny he falls, falls on over. his ass. <laughs> he took a bump for the ref. Yeah. That was great. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Our world champion getting knocked over by a ref. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if I'm crazy, but for some reason, Kenny looked a little different this week. He looked like, I don't know. He looked like he had Botox or something. Okay. I'm glad you it. noticed that too. His face did look a little different. <laughs> His forehead. It looked kind of like stiff and frozen and like, I don't know. Maybe he was just, maybe he had some treatment, something medical. I don't know. Either way, I'm not judging him. He's still not amazing. judging him. I'm not judging him. I know there are fans out there, you know, who uh, are particularly not fond of Kenny Omega's current physique. If you were to think of, uh, you know, kind of there, was, I saw the other day online, it was like a photo of him now versus a photo of him like right after his match with Okada where he won the IWGP championship, world championship. And in that, anyway, he's fucking, he's just you're just, more you're, cut. you're just counting the abs. You're like one, two, <laughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, you know, but he, you know, but he's an EVP. He's got shit to do. He's got and shit I to mean, do, this on. guy. come on, he still looks goddamn fantastic. I still wish I, I still wish I looked like Kenny Omega. Yeah, nearly, you know, 98% of the world wish they looked I'm like sure Kenny Omega. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they would. But uh, anyways, the match here, you know what you're going to get. Some fantastic stuff. The crowd is just super behind Jungle Boy. They are on their feet for him as he's just high flying around, looking great. Um, they fight outside the ring. Kenny picks up Jungle Boy, hits him with a side suplex onto the steel stairs, and then again onto the barricade. Jungle Boy falls into the crowd. Probably his family. I think they said his family was there. Yeah, they had his mom, and I think it was his mom and his sister they kept kind of panning yeah. back to every so They're often. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Excuse me. You're okay. So, yeah. Um, they go back into the ring, and then Omega, they fight to the top rope. Omega hits this cool suplex where he, like, puts Jungle Boy's legs almost on, like, a figure four as he does it. I don't even know what to call yeah, it. Yeah, he kind of, like, uh, yeah, Jungle Boy gets his leg up and kind of hooks it around, and then, yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah, just a cool-looking move. You always see something new with Kenny. Uh, then he hits the V-trigger, goes for the one-winged angel, but Jungle Boy reverses it. With the reverse Rana, hits a big elbow to the back of the head. Uh, but then Kenny hits him with another V-trigger, goes for a third V-trigger, but Jungle Boy reverses it into the snare trap. So he's got Kenny caught. He's in the middle of the ring. Uh, when all of a sudden, Jurassic Express and the Good Brothers just spill out onto the ramp. They're brawling. Amidst all the chaos, Kenny's able to get out of the submission. He hits a couple more V-triggers. But then again, Jungle Boy gets him in the snare trap. So... Omega has to resort to gouging him in the eyes to get out. Then he hits the Tiger Driver 98, but Jungle Boy kicks out of that. But Kenny doesn't waste any time. He finally picks him up, hits the one-winged angel, and you know that's it. He gets the win, retains his title. But what a damn good match. What a damn fine match. Of course, afterwards, uh, I think um, I think Kenny Omega wanted to kind of rub it in the face of Jungle Boy a bit. Christian Cage came out and made the save. Uh, but ultimately falling victim to an attack by the Hardy family office. When Private Party came in there, uh, Matt, Hardy's, but yeah, Matt Hardy lines up the twist of fate. He hits that. Young Bucks are there. Super kick parties. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course, the heels celebrate the show uh, or sell, you know, they, they close out the show celebrating. Um, 
but uh, yeah, like like you said, uh, I love my uh, this was uh, this was great. Yeah. Jungle Boy had seventy five percent of this match on offense. He really did, yeah. and Kenny is just this is how you work with a kid. This is how you work with a young star who not has time to win yet, but like for a guy like Kenny to be okay, this is how you are you're gonna get put the fuck over and you're already fucking over. And this is how yeah. you do it. This is this was his this is his first world championship opportunity in what will be a career long uh of championship opportunities. And um yeah, they accomplished something incredible. I loved having Jurassic Express kind of negating the presence of the Good Brothers there uh, was a great bit of booking, I thought. You know, emphasizing the real threat that Kenny Omega might have been in. Uh, especially that first snare trap. It was, oh, is this the one? Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, who couldn't love it? Jungle Boy, what a star. He's already a star, but just even just puts him over even more. He's Him and Adam Page are two of the ultimate baby faces in AEW. Yeah, right now, him, if you're looking at the future, him, Adam Page, Sammy Guevara, uh, I think are our top baby faces kind of going forward. And even Darby Allin, you know, but uh, of course things will change. My only question is, how many weeks will AEW keep having the Bucks getting heat at the end before the audience stops caring? Like, I'm trying to think, so Matt and Nick Jackson... Great heels. They're doing this whole thing. They have jewels, jewelry hanging for. They have jewelry where jewelry should not be. Like from their ear to their <laughs> nose to their mouth. Um, they're doing all sorts of things. Great heels, and they've relished in the opportunity to fill the role. But I, I don't know how they could get any more heat. So having them come out and doing the same heat stuff, eventually, I just wonder when it's like, what's the point? It's it might be maybe almost like ineffective because they it, they couldn't be any more hated. Yeah, and I don't really know who their their clear next challenger is. Really, I the think moment. there is a uh, next week on Dynamite. There is like a tag team gauntlet match that uh, Excalibur said, where or like a not gauntlet um, eliminator. Yeah, something like that. Where <laughs> I think, but they are also involved. So it okay. will be for the uh, it will be for those tag team championships, but. Uh, we'll have to see, I guess, ultimately what happens. I guess this week, tonight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be great to see Nick and Matt Jackson either move into like a solid pr- like kind of feud. Beca- because I don't think they can get more heat by doing what they're doing. Yeah, right now they're, you know, they can be more than just Kenny Omega's lackeys coming out to help him. Do shit at the end here. Exactly, because like I feel like the Good Brothers right now are the lackeys. <laughs> yeah, <we> right? already. <laughs> yeah, we don't need more than that. And we already don't good, want them around. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. But that was it. Pretty good episode. Great main event. Yeah, fantastic main event, and uh, and uh, fantastic first half of the show. Mike, should we take a break right about now? Let's do it. We're going to take a break brother. because we have the rest of the wrestling week. Of course, we're talking about Monday Night Raw. Uh, of course, we're talking about <laughs> NXT. And we've got a little middle segment for you this week. So stick around. Do it. Here with part two of the podcast. 
podcast, folks. Thanks for sticking it out through the break. We know there's a lot of things that you could be doing, uh, you know, that take up your time. Uh, and it's just really nice that you that you that you say to yourselves, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sit through this break. It's only what seven seconds, I think. For, it's only seven seconds of a little musical interlude, and then we're right back uh, with more hot professional wrestling action. Yeah, we know we're we're just giving you the option if you need a break, have a little break, it's, get a snack, go to the washroom, get a Kit Kat, get a Kit Kat, get me off a break of that Kit Kat bar. Kick that bow. Uh, well, let's move into the show here, shall we? Uh, let's do something. You know, our, this show used to be jam-packed full of middle segments. But then <laughs> as soon as Dynamite came around, the timing, and then we're sitting here on these like, Jesus Christ, these shows are going to be two and a half hour, hours long a piece. Yeah. That's too- and we didn't used to, before NXT was only one hour, we didn't cover it every week, it wasn't on TV. Exactly. Well, until it's on TV, we're not covering it. Uh, <laughs> and now that it is, the show gets jam-packed with our weekly wrestling action, and we don't have enough time to bring in a lot of middle segments. But uh, let's do a little one this week, um, just because, uh, eh, no fucking reason, just because it's our show and we can do whatever we want. So let's give ourselves, um, let's do a little pump the tires, pump the brakes. That's right. I think we've only done this once before. Maybe twice. You know. Yeah, maybe, maybe twice. a second time. Uh, uh, but but we have a whole bag of segments we can bring out of the anytime we want. Anytime we want. You know, it's really just uh, yeah, making them fit into the shows. Pump the tire, pumps the brakes. Here's what we're gonna do. I got three things for you here, Mike. Uh, topics, wrestling topics, even a little bit of a a little bit of background info I've studied, and then uh, Mike, of course, I'm gonna ask you at the very end of it. Hey. Are we pumping the tires? Or are we pumping the brakes? <laughs> are we going forward with this, or should we stop? The rules are pretty easy, right? That's right. Okay, first of all, uh, our first topic this week on pump the tires and pump the brakes are factions. How many factions are too many? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> now, so what I'm calling a faction is a group of three or more who are most yeah. likely to be disbanded eventually or silently removed from television. It seems like <laughs> either one of these two things can happen. Um, and now where I see it the most here, AEW seems to use a lot of factions, but then nothing happens to them. Right? It's yeah. a great idea. We give, uh, you know, we give people exposure uh, by attaching them to other people. We have Eddie Kingston with the Lucha Bros., and then uh, that one time we threw in Butcher and the Blade with them yeah, and the bunny. Uh, <laughs> right, right. We kind of mailed these things together. But sometimes it feels like we're doing a disservice to some of these performers, right, by abandoning everything so quickly. You know, yeah. we're looking at the ba- I mean, we saw the bunny this past week on AEW. But when it comes to Butcher and the Blade, what have they done for me lately? baby and you know in my personal opinion (laughs) what the fuck are the good brothers always doing there you know i cannot (laughs) stop talking about these brothers uh who are bad quite frankly i'm not even bad i'm not even calling good brothers anymore uh so mike we're pumping the tires we're pumping the brakes uh factions how many are too many (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you want a number (laughs) sure um (laughs) Well, once you get into, uh, I think once you go over a dozen, you're getting pretty high up there. Uh, yeah, I mean, seems like there's more people in factions than not in AEW. Like, 
<laughs> Jurassic Express, that's a fact. Uh, the newest, the uh, Wingmen, of course. Ryan wing. Nemeth, uh, Pretty Peter Avalon, J.D. Drake, and Cesar uh, Zaboni. Yeah, sure. like even guys who don't need to be in factions, they just join anyway, like the Griff Garrisons. and They give uh, them all the same t-shirt, and then it's like, great, you're yeah. a faction now. Yeah, there's the the, the the Nightmare family. There's They got like trainees and rookies now coming out with them. They don't even tell you their name, but they're part of the family. <laughs> well, they're part of the faction. Uh, yeah, is this good by, by attaching lesser-known individuals to bigger names, hoping that they can get over a little bit? Uh, is it bad that they get abandoned so quickly and we don't even talk about it? Uh, are there too many? Is too is is there too many factions? Remember the uh, Brandy and Mel, the head shaped girl. Of course, the, uh, they were called the. Uh, they called themselves something. The Nightmare, something sister. Sister, yeah, maybe something yeah. Nightmare Collective. Collective, yeah. But uh, yes, either way, you know, factions are fun. They can get people over, but uh, maybe we do need to pump the brakes a little bit because, you know, if you eat pizza every day of the week, it's not as, it's not as good. It's not as fun. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm going to have to pump the I'm going to have to pump the brakes uh on this one also. Sometimes I don't like and it it feels as though this happens a lot in AEW where everybody is accompanied to the ring with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, far much so less in WWE. If somebody's often accompanied to the ring it's probably cuz like with their tag partner of some kind, uh, you know, very very few, you know, we have a couple bodyguards, you know, like a Commander Aziz type. Reginald, if you want to call him a bodyguard, uh, but it feels as though far less, like I said, groups of three or more. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. People just align, even if they really don't have anything to do with each other directly. They'll just still be friends. Like, what do Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn really have to do with Cody Rhodes? But they're still there. Yeah, yeah. It seems, it seems a bit bizarre. Or okay. The Gun Club. They used to be the Gun Club, and then they absolved into the night. Into family. a bigger, <laughs> yeah, into a bigger faction. It seems, uh, yeah. yeah, it seems a little bit, seems a little bit. And, you know, and then we can look over on, uh, we can look over on the other brands too. Uh, the main roster really doesn't do it that much. NXT seems to do it a lot more. We had, uh, yeah. we have, well, there was the War Games faction with uh, what's his name, McAfee, Peter Dune. I think it was yeah, Grizzled Young Vets, maybe? Yeah. And then, you know, of course, now we have the Diamond Mine. We have Hit Row. Uh, there are other groups of people kind of doing, you know, or groups doing the same thing. We could call Retribution a faction. Yeah. We have to call them something, uh, so might as well call them a faction. <laughs> a bad memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll call them a bad memory. Well, that was fantastic, Mike. Uh, let's move on. Yes. Our next one here, um, when we're talking about pumping tires or pumping brakes, on this one we're talking about stockpiling talent. Of course, the WWE <laughs> has the most money to offer new and upcoming wrestlers, uh, and usually that means that they, uh, they'll hire talent one day so that they can be used uh, in an awesome way further down the road. Right. Sounds about right. Uh, well, last week on the AEW Unrestricted podcast, uh, Tay Conti detailed some parts about her departure from the WWE after the initial 420 releasing part one. Uh, if we can all recall, uh, she told us that uh, Triple H and the rest of the booking uh, crew had nothing for her. So she didn't get any television time on NXT uh, between May 13th, 2017, which was her debut 
and her release, she had two television victories, which occurred both in late in 2019. Uh, besides that, she was doing mostly NXT house shows, battle royals, television losses, a lot of stuff on the rum and live shows with, uh, with Lacey Evans, apparently. Uh, throughout the show, though, she did let us know that she mentioned, uh, or she did previously request her release, uh, and, um, NXT said no, and she was offered a contract to, as they said, just sit at home and not sign with AEW. Now, <laughs> it must have been enough money that she made her think about it. I mean, how much money would, would, would you take, Mike, to put your t- entire career on hold and just kind of sit down and make it, and make a paycheck? Right, it feels a little bit odd there. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you know, it feels. Yeah, if the money's good, the it's mon- hard to say. It would have had to have been as good, good enough that she was like, "Okay, I'll never wrestle." Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of question number one, part A: Are we pumping the tires? Is stockpiling talent the best thing for business or best for the performers themselves? Should WWE be throwing money at people just so they sit at home, or should they be using their money elsewhere? Well. Um, it depends, because I feel like back in 2019, this was more of a thing, but we've had like three waves of releases in these last few months, so it seems like they're not quite doing it as much these days. So maybe they themselves have already pumped the brakes on it, which is the right thing to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, we had Alistair Black sitting at home for six months, then he comes back for two weeks, then he gets released. So I was like, what was the point? Should have just released him six months ago. He could have been on AEW. Or doing whatever the fuck else. Um, You know, obviously you want to have as much talent as you can, but if you're not going to actually use them, what's the point? So, yeah, just um, hoarding talent. I pump the brakes on hoarding talent. And of course, I just want to cover the bias, right? Because this isn't just a WWE NXT thing. AEW has both dark and elevation, where they use indie wrestlers to pretty much get the actual signed talent over. And how those things work, they sign these indie wrestlers to kind of like single matches or multiple matches, almost just like it's a gig. You know, hey, can you show up to this gig, uh, do a match, mm, show up, you know. Uh, So, of course, this style lets them be able to put over the bigger AEW talent, you know, the people who are actually signed, but still allowing other wrestlers in North America to be fluid with their careers. Uh, So, certainly, both Dark and Elevation, um, I would see them just like NXT house shows. Almost, right? Uh, similar where Tay Conti was just doing house shows only, never making it on television. There's probably a whole chunk of indie wrestlers who are doing this kind of dark and elevation house shows without maybe a real choice of make or maybe a real chance rather of making it onto the uh, onto the main roster. So I guess we kind of have these two new models of using wrestlers, right? Either we sign them, keep them off of television, but keep them on, uh, you know, uh, these live shows, or we don't sign them and pay them for individual performances still not being able to go on television. So, Mike, uh, part two, pumping, tires, brakes, which one of those two models uh, do you think is best for new wrestlers? Uh, (laughs) Uh... I'm kind of mixed up here on on the exact question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. Yeah. So I'll rephrase it. Right. So the NXT model sign themselves to a contract, work house shows, but never end up on television. Mm -hmm. The AEW model 
sign them to individual or a few matches at a time, do the live shows, and still never get on television. So which? Yeah, which, which model? Yeah, which um, which model do we prefer here? In the one um, in the one sense, you're signed to a contract, which probably means more regular pay. But in the other model, you are able to travel around and do more professional wrestling outside of uh, you know the one little place. Yeah, I mean, the AEW would give you more freedom. Well, NXT gives you more stability or whatever. So I guess. I don't know. It's really down to the performer's preference. Um, if it's up to me, you know, it's I guess it's fun seeing these new faces kind of come and go sometimes. These little short runs like Maki Ito in the women's tournament. I was a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Thunder Rosa is not officially signed in AEW and she just kind of comes and goes. So it can work. So I guess I'd rather go with that one. It's a good pump. That's a good pump. I got to say I like that, too. <laughs> I think... Uh, there's a lot of, you know, small promotions anywhere, and I don't know how much people get paid when they do things like that, but it always sounds like for so many of these performers, all they want to do is just fucking wrestle. And so many of them uh, are signed to these contracts, which, yes, are keeping them financially, you know, stable, but they're not able to do that thing that they love. And I would rather, I think I would rather pump the tires on having these performers be able to perform every night and, uh, and do what they love. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike. Your final brake tire pump is all about championship matches. So, of course, Mike, sometimes championship matches are given. You know, like if you're Brock Lesnar, you just show up. Or sometimes they're earned, like Mr. Jungle Boy Jack Perry at that Casino Battle Royal. But either way, a championship match needs to happen. It's all a question about how and when they occur. And, Mike, there is no template about how these things can happen, right? It can be anything from uh, earning uh, your championship opportunity in a battle royal or the night after WrestleMania earning a rematch at the pay-per-view next month. It could be it could be any one of these <laughs> either options and everything in between. Um, so Mike, we kind of have these two little options here, right? Either we book either we book the big match on the big stage a month down the road. Or we book the big match on a small stage right away. So, which side <laughs> are we pumping ourselves on this one? These two different t- styles of championship match bookings. Uh, which one, where are we pumping the tires? Where are we pumping the brakes? Or is there another uh, kind of booking option uh, which you would rather pump on? <laughs> well, uh, frankly, I think we can pump. There's room for pumping for all of them, you know? I think it's fine to uh, have a hot shot match. I challenge you. All right, let's do it. Let's do it tonight. Some of the biggest title changes have happened that way. Uh, but then, of course, I mean, you miss out on some build, some story, some promos. So, um, I don't know. I like having it both ways. I like anything can happen in the world of professional wrestling. Title matches anytime. Or anywhere. Yeah, uh, I would have to. I'd have to put a pump right now. Uh, right now, kind of in our main raw on in our kind of current present professional wrestling main television stuff. I'm gonna have to pump the brakes on booking the big match down the road month a month three four weeks in advance i'm gonna have to pump the brakes on those and really pump the tires of these shorter turnaround type things uh i mean we just saw this past smackdown edge just showed up 
And we already think he's going to get a money in the bank opportunity where on the other side of the coin, Christian Cage has been in the company for not as long, but certainly around just as much. Uh, and he hasn't even broken through anywhere close. I mean, he was the final two in that battle royal, but fine. But close is only uh, good in horseshoes and hand grenades. Close only counts. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah. I think, and, and it's funny to see Edge and Christian both in that exact same position. They both return, or you know, making a date or debut slash return. One immediately thrown into the main event scene. One fighting their way to maybe get that opportunity later. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> No, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add on that point, but I understand. Um, yeah, no, I think you lean more one way. I'm kind of fine with both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because <laughs> is there a third they, option we can think no, of? No, there's no third option because this is also going <laughs> under the assumption of Kofi Mania was once in a lifetime. We will never get another Kofi Mania again. Uh, so you know that 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 was that was like a piece of professional wrestling history that we're gonna tell our grandkids and they're not gonna believe us. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much similar to Daniel Bryan's arc. It was pretty similar. Pretty similar. Pretty similar. Pretty. But similar. yes, if if you're using the phrase Kofi Mania, there's only one Kofi Mania. There is only one Kofi Mania, and we all know what it means. Uh, and that was it. That's all I have for this week's uh, pumping the tires and pumping the brakes. Yeah, fun segment. We always have fun on those little in-betweeners. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, and if you want more, folks, you have to demand it. You have to demand it. If you want AC Dirt to come back, yeah, we'll put in a couple calls. When, uh, we can go. No promises. Not. No promises. <laughs> well, that was fantastic, uh-huh. Mike. That was a lot of fun. Uh, great playing little games. So let's move on with the rest of the show. The second half of our wrestling week, that is. Uh, because, yeah, we just got to get through it, I guess, at these points. Um, uh, we probably have some qualifying matches coming up. Money in the Bank's right around the corner, so we got to be sure to get all that business out of the way. And we can't do that without first stopping by Monday nights for another episode of Monday Night Raw. Let's get That's right. Uh, the main event's supposed to be this second chance triple threat match, but we're told that Randy Orton can't compete. Oh, no. Uh, or he's not even here. He's not even in the building. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to have a battle royal. The winner will take Orton's spot in that triple threat match. <clears throat> yeah, my best guess as to why Randy Orton wasn't here was that he cut himself shaving, uh, trying to shave that new look in. <laughs> I think. Uh, and he was like, you know, he cut himself. He's like, I can't go on television. I'm going to look ridiculous. Yeah. So thankfully, Riddle shows up with a handwritten letter from Randy, which has obviously been forged, <laughs> but basically says he wants Riddle to fight on his behalf. Uh, Pierce and Sonya, they don't buy the letter, but they let Riddle into the match anyways. So. They, they agree. That's all. That's all he needed. That's all he needed. And he just scooters off right down to the ring because everyone's already there waiting for him. Uh, the other 15 men, whoever, however many. It was mid-card heaven. That's what it was. Just it Viking was, Raiders. Yeah, it was all. It was who I can imagine is remaining in the gaggle. Yeah, exactly. A couple other bigger guys like Hardy and Damian Priest, who we haven't seen since uh, the zombie incident. We Even have not. Yeah, black. we have not. 
yeah. So he was there. Uh, Mustafa Ali, he's kind of doing his thing with Mansoor, yelling at him. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think Shelton Benjamin was in there too. Jeff Hardy, yeah. Ginger Mahal. Tazawa, in case you forgot, Tazawa is the 24-7 champ. He One, gets eliminated. Right away. True Gulak. <laughs> yeah. Gulak rolls him up, wins the belt. Truth comes in, wins it back. Gulak wins, or I don't know, Tazawa wins it again. Runs yeah, off. that was the order. That to. was the order. I know that. <laughs> and then Omos comes out. And he fucks with uh, the Viking Raiders, getting rid of them. Uh, Jinder Mahal was in there for a while. But anyways, the final four comes down to uh, Jeff Hardy, Damian Priest, Cedric Alexander, and Riddle. And Jeff, he's the first one out. And then Priest tosses Cedric out. So it's just Priest and Riddle. And uh, they had like a nice little mini match here. They went like three or four minutes just back and forth. Till eventually Priest is on the apron and Riddle catches him with a huge... Rising knee right to the face. Knocks him to the ground. So Riddle wins. Moves on to the triple threat to fight for Randy. And he even gets them to play Randy's music after. And he does the whole pose on the turn. He does the, yeah. The pyro. The the whatever thing. He, uh, too too bad there was no, uh, sleeveless, uh, sweatshirt available, (laughs) you know, for him to put on. Uh, yeah. But I guess, yeah. So Rain Man's not here. Clearly booking, we had to scramble to kind of make, uh, kind of get this put together. Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, who knows? Maybe this battle royal wasn't even supposed to happen. Uh, I know it's just like, shit, we need an excuse for, uh, for these guys to get together. But, um, I gotta say, and this is not the first time we'll see Matt Riddle tonight. Uh, Matt Riddle has been, uh, the shine, I gotta say, the shining star of Monday Night Raw for the past little while now. As soon as the RK Bros came around... Uh, it's really been uh, the diamond in the rough. Yeah. I mean, even pretty much for most of his call-up, they've treated him pretty well. Like, obviously, they they give him that goofy personality, but in the ring, he wins most of the time. He had a little U.S. title run, and he's constantly on the show. So. And, and, you know, he got, he, he's been on, he, and he did the same work on SmackDown. When he where he was initially called up, right, and then they kind of oh, gave, that's right, and then they yeah. gave him a scooter, and then they put him over Monday Night Raw, <laughs> and it's just yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a guy that especially when the crowds come back, there's going to be a lot of, I hope, yeah. I hope there's going to be a lot of bro, bro, bro chance. Oh, I think I think I said it before. I feel like the kids are going to love Riddle, even not knowing he's a stoner, just because he's a goofy, fun-loving guy. Because he's a because he's, go- like, he's yeah. a goofy guy with a scooter, and the kids also have scooters. Yeah. Once uh, they allow touching fans, he can do high fives on a scooter as he's riding down to the ring. Yeah, I wonder what the rules are there going to be. Because uh, at Daly's place, you can do whatever. You, they'll throw you into the crowd. They don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, either way, we'll see Riddle in the main event. But uh, in the meantime, we've got the new super Nikki Cross taking on Shayna Baszler. And Shayna just kind of dominates early on. Nikki kicks her to the floor. Then Alexa Bliss comes out, much to the dismay of... Shayna and everyone else, Naya and Reggie, um, who Bliss just kind of takes both Naya and Reggie out on the floor. So, anyways, all this uh, back in the ring, Nikki counters a German suplex and locks in a nice cradle on Baszler to get the three count. So once again, Nikki Cross is on this hot streak. Well, and I don't know. I mean, this is still a win. A win's a win, and this is a singles win. Yeah, I mean, not only uh, I don't know what's uh, I don't know what's crazier, you know, the Nikki Cross haunt streak or the uh, the burial of Shayna Baszler. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, she's it's... won uh, one <laughs> of her last ten matches. Shayna Baszler, of course, a few of those were losses with uh, 
what's their name? Nia, Nia Jax. Uh, but now this like kind of recent string of three and four singles matches have been big fat L's. Yeah, I mean they are definitely wasting her talent. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a win lose because I mean I love Nikki Cross, so I'm happy. Even if the superhero character is weird, I'm happy that she's getting some wins and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Shayna Baszler deserves much better. So justice for Shayna. We got you. Just because you're four, <laughs> exactly. just because you're 41, doesn't mean you can't compete, or doesn't. She mean... just needs to get far away from Naya and Reggie. Get that whole stink and off Vince. of her. And Vince. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Kofi Kingston comes out, cuts a passionate promo on Bobby Lashley and MVP and the damage they did to Xavier inside the cell last week. He vows to win the title at Money in the Bank, and then MVP comes out with a train of ladies to give her a bottle and. I don't know. MVP's always busy in the Twitter world, but did you see his tweet about the ladies? No. What was he? Did he say something bad? <laughs> no, no. It was the op- he was like responding. Someone was like, "Oh, he's coming out with these hoes every week," and he's like, "Hey, just because a woman hangs out with a man doesn't or a man can go to the club with a woman and just be friends and have a good time doesn't mean she's a I don't know." Oh, nice way to go, her. MVP. Way he to go. He was sticking up for them. Way yeah, to go. We like you. But uh, <laughs> anyways, they jaw back and forth. MVP takes a swing at him with his cane. Kofi ducks, hits a trouble in paradise. Yeah. Just a little, build some heat. Build a little bit of heat before that money in the bank match. Or Uh, at the pay-per-view, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get uh, the women's tag, a rematch from last week. Eva Marie and Dewdrop taking on Naomi and Asuka. And uh, once again, you know, Dewdrop's looking good in the ring. She goes to tag in Eva, who just jumps down off the apron, leaving her hanging just like last week. But Dewdrop says, fuck it. She slams Asuka down and hits this running cross body to get the big, big three count. She just stares angrily at Eva. The big three count. Yeah, she pinned Asuka. Wow. That's pretty good. Poor Asuka. Uh, But Uh, yes, hopefully she'll fight Eva soon enough and become Piper. Yeah, well, and that's what's weird, and that's what I wonder. So we're bringing back a returning superstar who was never a huge superstar to begin with, or rather, yeah. like in the in the Becky Lynch Sasha Sasha Banks kind of echelon of even a Bella kind of echelon of performer, right? So you're in you're, you've never seen this woman before. You're me. You're watching Dewdrop Piper Niven doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Eva Marie <laughs> taking all the credit. And thinking to yourself, that's the only way this could work. That's the only, this is the only way, like, you know, Eva Marie has to be a manipulative heel so that, you know, she either wins the WWE Universe over or she has to prove herself in the ring. And I don't, for some reason, I don't see the latter happening. (laughs) (laughs) So where's the, the heat meter on Eva for you? The heat meter, the shoot, the shoot meter, yeah. the heat meter. No, the heat meter. I'm bringing out the heat meter for the first time. Ooh, the sizzle. We're sizzling over here with the heat meter. Yeah. What's your reaction when Eva Marie comes out? Do you boo? Do you yeah, not care? Yeah, I boo. Okay, but I you cheer boo. for the other one, Dewdrop, because she's yeah. doing the work, and I'm like, yeah, you're the one doing the work. Uh, yeah. Eventually, you're gonna hate the the person that comes in and does nothing. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's that's yeah. what they want then. I mean. They want you to hate Eva, and hopefully they end up letting do. Well, that's what it seems like, because Piper Niven comes out with every match. She has a smile on her face, yeah. like she's a so. baby face. 
<laughs> and then Eva has that look of like I'm I don't know how to wear clothes properly. Uh, <laughs> and you're supposed to be like, yeah, obviously I'm supposed to hate you. Just look at you. And uh, yeah, there is this real bump in the skill of the women's division where I think if you can't keep up with that now, I'm just asking myself, okay, what else can you do for me? Like if you can't wrestle as strongly as Charlotte, uh, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, Bianca. Uh, a lot of bees there. Um, <laughs> uh, who's the Raw Women's Champion? I can't think of her name right now. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Uh, if you're not as good as uh, Naomi, if you're not as good as Asuka, like there's so many people at the top of this division. Well, you just named like two thirds of the roster. Literally, but that, but you know, and that's those are all the good ones. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, we haven't even spoken about the uh, the talent down there in NXT. Uh, so yeah, if you're if you're not as good as one of those, you know, five to eight women. What the fuck are you doing here? Now you're just <laughs> taking screen time away from Asuka, Naomi, Sasha, Bailey. I don't know. I guess it's raw, but you know what I mean. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where this angle goes. But yeah. hopefully they do the right thing and get both women over in the process. Hopefully. But let's move on to Ricochet taking on John Morrison. Two of the flippiest men on the roster, I think it's safe to say. Flippiest men on the planet, for all we know. Well, you know, I, that's probably a good good point. But uh, early on, it was less about the flashy moves and more about the drip stick, which I'm sure is going to be a hot WWE shop item this summer. 25% off if you purchase before uh, 10 p.m. Yeah. So anyways, Ricochet steals the drip stick from Miz, sprays him down. Uh, eventually, we did get some crazy spots uh, where Morrison, he was on the outside of the ring, seated on the barricade. And then Ricochet just hits this crazy springboard crossbody all the way over to the... (laughs) Clears the crazy gap, knocks Morrison over the barricade. Both men fall to the floor. The the Miz's facial expressions were all of us. (laughs) Uh, This is one of those maneuvers that can only happen in the Thunderdome. Probably a crash pad underneath. We're getting it now, though. But man, was that cool. Yeah, even with the crash pad, just seeing Ricochet make that leap was insane. I mean, the move was so destructive, it killed both men. Neither of them can get back in the ring before the count of ten, let alone even stand up. But, damn, that was a great great little move. That's the rare double count out. We were like, okay, that's fine. That, yeah, a, a double count out <laughs> after a badass maneuver and not like a, like a behind-the-ref's-back illegal something or other you know, these were just two dudes who flew into each other, and like Icarus, they got too close to the sun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so we keep seeing Ricochet on uh, main event. He's the, he's our main event superstar. On main event, yeah. not in yeah, the not main in. event. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Ricochet and any guy that can flip around, you know, just kind of give it to us, right? Yeah. No, uh, and they're both going to be... In the Money in the Bank match, so look for some more craziness from them. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Then we get a six-woman tag match. Charlotte, Tamina, Natalia taking on Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Rhea Ripley. Uh, Before it can even start, they're just brawling all over the place. But eventually we settle down. Pretty standard six-person affair here. You know, Charlotte and Ripley just continue their feud. And Mandy and Natalia had a good little thing. Um... Eventually, Natalia gets the sharpshooter locked in, but she's kicked into the corner. So Charlotte tags herself in from behind and gives a big boot to Mandy's face. And that gets her the three count. 
this was one of the most confusing matches to me in possibly <laughs> the past few months of Monday Night Raw. So before the match starts, all six of them are going at it, right? The ref eventually uh, kind of, you know, separates them so the bell can be rung. But while he's starting to separate them, I'm like, okay, this is this is huge. Because whoever he puts in Charlotte's corner and whoever he puts in Rhea Ripley's corner will be very telling about who I'm supposed to cheer for. <laughs> <laughs> and then they swerved me. They're putting Italian Tamina with Charlotte, and they're putting Mandy and Dana with Rhea. I that was the biggest swerve of the night. I oh shit! I thought I I have no well, clue who to cheer for anymore. I'm done, Mike. I can't. I no, can't. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say if that wasn't enough. Right after, um, as the match is over, Charlotte celebrating. Ripley just hits her from behind. Takes a cheap shot and walks off oh laughing. Oh my god! So, but like, <laughs> they're both heels. They're both heels, but like WWE's only piping in the booze for Charlotte. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, the, we don't this, even... the, this women's div- like the Raw women's division, and then also kind of by association, Natalia and Tamina. Poor Natalia, SmackDown, go back to your show. Um, <laughs> uh, this the, the the this is going to be one of the biggest answered questions once the live uh, in two weeks when the live crowd does come back. And I think honestly, I'm just going to cheer for whoever the first Monday Night Raw crowd cheers for. <laughs> I just need one. I just need them. You know, if they cheer when Charlotte comes out. Great, you're my baby face. Let's go. I'm going for you. I just need someone to make up their goddamn mind. I had. I thought the ref was gonna do it. <laughs> I thought the ref was yeah. gonna put Natalia and Tamina with Rhea, and then I'm like, yeah, okay, boom, there we go. Mandy, Dana, eh, they're not ba- they're not heels, but like, uh, I was more confused. Like, pick one of the sides, and then I can infer the other. And then they swerved me. I gotta say, thanks, Vince. Swerved me on that one. <laughs> well. Yeah, I think we'll get a real gauge when the crowds come back. But yeah. I feel like Ripley will be treated of the baby face between the two. I d- At least by the crowd. Just because Charlotte's the natural heel. Just because Charlotte is the natural heel? But yeah. we've been, like, ramping up Rhea <laughs> I mean, doing heel. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm so confused, my man. It is. I don't get it. But whatever. Hey, hopefully <laughs> we do soon. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's whatever is Jackson Riker. Who is uh, taking on Elias in this strap match? You know he's got a uh, a theme song now. Riker, Riker or Elias? yeah, Riker has his own theme. Uh, you know, like oh, yeah. it's on like you know the uh, the Spotify pages and the YouTube pages and. Well, Elias also had a new theme. If you noticed. Oh, I did not notice but his new theme. No. It wasn't any. Yeah, it wasn't anything too crazy. But ah, uh, you know, just like the match, it was pretty standard strap match. Just kind of pulling on each other, tugging, using leverage, slapping each other with a strap. Uh, eventually, Riker yanks Elias into him for a big boss man slam and gets him the three count. Jackson Riker. This okay. is where... Isn't it weird that... How does he keep surviving these releases? One, he keeps surviving every single release. But two, so the match prior, no, we have no clue what's going on. At least in this one, we know Jackson Riker's the babyface, although he shouldn't be. Like, at least this one, we know they're trying to give us, you know, an actual babyface uh, thing. Uh, I'm worried, though. You know, he's got a lot of beef on him. 
<laughs> and that's the exact type of person who goes to the top of the cards. Um, and who knows, this this little feud could be the little thing he needs to maybe uh, propel himself into a King of the Ring-style tournament. Maybe, but uh, even without his controversy surrounding him, I, I just don't care about him as a performer. Yeah, there's just nothing yet. Nothing where I'm yeah. like, oh, wow, this is, you know, cool. This is different. Uh, Elias finds himself in these feuds all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's been just floating around. He was real hot like two or three years ago, and now he's just become a low card. Not even mid card, just low card. <laughs> it's below mid. Yeah. But let's go to this main event. We got the triple threat. Last chance, Money in the Bank qualifier, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, and Riddle. On behalf of Orton. And uh, McIntyre just looks dominant early on. Hits one of those crazy back body drops on AJ. Who once again. The height he gets. His feet went as high as the money in the bank briefcase above the ring. <laughs> Every yeah, yeah. And he must be taking <laughs> lessons from uh, Montez Ford over there. On how to get the most possible <laughs> spring out of those things. Because uh, you know every it's a couple inches every week. Yeah. So we got a couple other. Big moves, some suplexes on the floor. Riddle and AJ, they team up. They pick up Drew and hit a double running power slam. Slam him through the announce table. And Riddle, Riddle and AJ just kind of go in the ring and have their own little back and forth. Uh, Riddle channels his inner Randy, does the draping DDT. He hypes up, ready for the RKO, but AJ catches him on his shoulders and hits what almost looked like a burning hammer. I think Corey Graves even said that. A burning hammer, okay. Yeah, one of the crazy... Look up the actual burning hammer. It's a crazy movie. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a new one for me I'd never heard of before. Yeah. Uh, Riddle recovers. AJ. Uh, yeah, AJ's like seated against the steel steps outside, so Riddle runs in to kick him, but AJ moves, and Riddle's got no protection with those bare feet. He kicks right into the steps hard, so he's injured. He has to be helped to the back. So AJ and Drew are just on their own. Drew hits another one of his awesome Michinoku drivers. But uh, then Riddle just comes limping back out. He's got his foot taped up, but he doesn't care. He uses the damaged foot. He does a Pele kick on Drew. Knocks him out of the ring. AJ comes in with a phenomenal forearm, but Riddle hits him midair with a knee strike. Followed by an RKO. He makes the cover. But at the two count, Omos pulls AJ out of the ring. Saving him from... Losing the match. Riddle's pissed. But then he just turns around right into a Claymore from Drew. And just like that, Drew gets the win. Drew McIntyre's in the Money in the Bank match. Although he wouldn't be able... I mean, that's a good point. If you ca is cashing your briefcase the same as a championship like match opportunity... Um, if I'm in charge, I would not allow it. If I'm in charge, I would also not allow it. It uh, doesn't mean, you know, he can't have the briefcase and then hold it for, yeah. uh, for I mean, the you future. Still got, and you still got the universal title on the other side, so it's not like you're out of options. So You and made the deal. You got you to gotta deal with it. And the booking of this was fantastic, too. Uh, having Riddle... Lose, you know, coming back down just to lose, maybe creating a bit of tension between him and Randy, just kind of keeping their friendship interesting. You know, they shouldn't yeah. be best friends right away. It was almost like when uh, the Rand Man came into the Wyatt family there. Yeah, uh, it wasn't just convince. best friends right away. You know, we're not the best friends. <laughs> not the best friends. Not, but, not uh, the best great. friends. Yeah, 
But Monday Night Riddle, he's like you said, he's been the star, one of the stars of the show. Um, in the last couple of weeks, this Money in the Bank qualifiers has been there's been some decent in ring stuff. Yeah, we've upticked. Uh, certainly, I, I think Nikki Cross and Matt Riddle might actually be kind of like my highlights for me. And just because the timeline works out, no, it's not because of Eva Marie and Piper Nevin. <laughs> it's just it just so happens that the timing works out. The women's division is still very confusing to me. Yeah, it's a little all over the place, but we're mere weeks away from the crowds getting back, so hopefully that kind of gets things It's going to show better. us a lot. It's going to show us so much about uh, how the fans are actually, how we actually interpret this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Let- that was it. That was Monday Night. That was Monday Night Raw. They're getting better and better as we go, folks. The light's at the end of the tunnel. Let's get to our final show of our weekly coverage um, because they are uh, leading up just one week away from their uh, this year's version of the Great American Bash. We are talking about NXT. NXT. What does it mean? I don't know, but it's a good wrestling show. NXT. Watch and see. Gotta tap out a count out of one, two, three. The black and gold brand. Of course, they've got the the eagle feathers with the human skull. They're still doing. They're still rocking that aesthetic. Straight from I feel like Triple H's middle school kind of like notebook. It was something he yeah. drew listening to Radiohead. Uh, sorry, not Radiohead. <laughs> Motorhead. Motorhead. <laughs> Triple H is not listening to Radiohead. Okay, M- human I is don't. not on his uh, on his radar. Um, uh, but uh, but let's get into some action this week uh, because we are kicking off the week. We do actually go off with tag team action. Well, it's, okay. Let me just stop you because there was uh, a small wave of releases we can mention briefly here. Oh God, I forget. They just I mean, well, there was a couple, half of them were the kind of recruits, the lesser names, but a couple featured acts like Killian Dane, Breezango, Everrise, who just had their new show debut, uh, Tony Nice, and then Marina Shafir. Those are kind of the big names. Uh, yeah, just more cuts. Marina Shafir, meaning uh, kind of the last, st- the last uh, step of the Goon Squad. The Goon Squad is all gone. Yeah, Goon Squad is no more. They never... Really and they never much. even became, and they never even got to do much either. Let let go yeah. before their time was up, uh, which is a bummer. Uh, there was a very good runner-up Tweet of the Week champion, uh, Tweet of the Week from Tommy Dreamer, who said, uh, tweets out to at Tony Nice, hey, in 91 days, the, uh, the Impact X Division uh, could use talent or like something like that, or like is always looking for another main event or like something like that. Uh, so look, yeah. 91 days, Tony Nice is going somewhere. Well, yeah, good for him. Good. It's always nice to have those options. It's always nice to have those options. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the show. Let's, uh, let's get into the show. We actually kick off with a, uh, a number one contender match. A number yes, one contender triple match, threat. triple threat for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. In this matchup, we have Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. And finally, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Yeah, this was a hot, hot opening match here. A lot of fun. Just big blend of styles. There was one spot where like, pretty much every woman was like one after the other, dive to the floor, moonsault to the floor, tope, senton. Just everyone just busting their ass. Um, eventually, it all breaks down. Finishers are getting hit one after the other, ending with Io Shirai hitting over the moonsault onto Kodakai to get the three count. So her and Zoe Stark 
getting the title shot next week. At the Great American Bash. Uh, the talent in this match alone between these six is like some of the best, among the best of professional wrestling out there. In the women's yeah, in, in, no, in was... all women's divisions across the entire sport, the six of these are up on the top. And this was a high energy, engaging match. Uh, and Shirai, Io Shirai getting herself right back into a, 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 a title uh, picture um, after just kind of being dethroned uh, not too long ago. Don't know if uh, they're ready to beat out Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zoe Stark, she's only been here a short while, but this is a big, big shot for her. Um, she could also be the one taking the pin to protect EO, but you never know. Either way, she's she's always looking pretty good in the ring. Yeah. No, always. Yeah. Looking better as the weeks have gone on. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, there was a brief backstage attack. Gargano attacks Karrion Cross. They have to get pulled apart. And then they announced the return of the NXT breakout tournament which they did a few years ago, which brought in the likes of Bronson Reed, Swerve Scott, Dexter Loomis, a bunch of guys like that. So should be should be cool. Cool. So uh, probably a tournament fill of, filled with like performance center for guys and, yeah, and gals. Yeah, we haven't. Exactly. Cool. Maybe that like uh, that Zeta Ramirez that we saw a few weeks ago, oh, people like her. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Karrion Cross comes out. He's pissed off at Gargano for attacking him. Dares him to come down to the ring. So Johnny comes out, says, "I'm right here. Not afraid of you. I've got actual talent." And this was all this more and more. Gargano seems to be making this baby face turn a little bit, or at least I don't know. The crowd loves him, mm-hmm. but uh, he says, "You're bigger than me, but I'm smarter." As Austin Theory jumps across from behind, and they try to double team him. He fights back, tosses them around. He's ready. He picks up the steel steps, and he's ready to crush Gargano's skull in. But thankfully, security stops him. Saves his life. Um, and while they're herald, while they're holding Cross back, Johnny gets a little super kick in and runs off. So just a little, just a little <laughs> super kick in there. Yeah. Um, and also, they uh, once again briefly they had the little, this little teaser. It's just a battery bar charging up, up to sixty one percent now. So who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Uh, anybody with a robot or battery type theme? <laughs> Anything that would have to be charged? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, Roderick Strong is taking on Asher Hale. Kind of the debut fight for the new Diamond Mine group. And this is the new the, the new no-nonsense Roddy. He was just uh, making quick work of Hale. He locks in this submission. I don't know what he called it. It was like a reverse Nelson butterfly type thing. Gets the tap out victory. So uh, nice win for Roddy. Uh, yeah, I've always liked Roderick Strong. I mean, every member of the Undisputed Era, uh, really. Yeah, he's a hard hitter. He's got great, uh, you know, kind of grappling technique. Yeah, he does. He does a great neck breaker. Does a great back breaker. Uh, yeah, I like. I like that. And kind of, you know, he's gonna be the biggest star of. He's the biggest star of this group. Uh, so you know, yeah. keep getting him some wins. Eventually, the other guys get some wins. Diamond Mine will be step by step, but uh, you know, this is how we build factions. And hey, like we were just saying earlier on in the show, just let's keep let's have it going somewhere instead of disbanding uh, unceremoniously. Yeah, we'll give him. We'll give him a chance. We're giving him Help a chance. Him. Yeah, he look, uh, he looks cool with get... a buzz cut. I gotta say. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's such a he looks way more healed. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's CM Punk rules 101. Do something with your hair. Do so if you're tra- yeah. you're changing, you're crossing the field there, just do something with your hair. <laughs> then we go to Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Taking on He's taking on Ari Sterling. Uh just a little tune-up match here for Grimey. Just playing to the crowd as he's going uh Sterling, he hits a couple cool moves, but eventually Grimes hits the cave in, gets a three count. But then after the million dollar champ, LA Knight comes out just to cut a promo on Grimes. Grimey challenges him to defend that title next week. LA Knight says, nah, you don't deserve it, but I'll put the title on the line. If you lose, you will become my butler. Whoa, every rich that's the uh, every rich person <laughs> needs a butler. Yeah, so that classic. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, this Go is fantastic. Grind. This is a story we can run for months. This could get us through the summer. Uh, yeah. for all we know. Um, yeah, I've still, yeah, WWE.com. They still don't have it on the championship section, but they've updated LA Knight's picture and he's wearing the belt in his picture. Oh, okay. I'm so sure the, like, I'm sure the Wikipedia page is up to, uh, the wiki is the yeah, wiki is good to go, but it's the um, it's the other ones. Is there any word on NXT returning to live or like an ex- like a larger show, or do they plan just to stay at the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they want to get back to crowds, especially yeah, for I, when, whenever the next takeover is. Like I haven't heard I haven't heard anything about you know yeah. certainly. I mean, or all the buzz seems to be about the main roster going on the road. Not yeah. NXT. I feel like maybe the next takeover will be back in front of a big crowd, but okay. maybe. I don't know. Whenever, they haven't really announced it. Yeah, whenever that is. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly comes out to cut a promo on Adam Cole. So Cole comes out, starts heading towards the ring, but Samoa Joe interrupts, says, I'm not letting any shit happen here tonight, uh, but you can have your talk, so go ahead. So they just kind of jaw back and forth. Cole says he made Undisputed Era. He made Kyle. Kyle claps back and Cole takes a swing. But Samoa Joe is in the middle. He has to duck it. And Kyle just locks Cole in the heel hook. And Joe's like, yeah, whatever. He just walks off and eventually tells security to break it up. So, But uh, is there some implications? Is Is this a long tease to a potential Samoa Joe, Adam Cole match? Samoa Joe and Adam Cole is the plan. That could be a whoo. That could that be, a, could be a whoo. You are right. <laughs> uh, mainly because we know Dro- we know Joe. He, he he's gonna take. He's he can he can do a backflip, right? Uh, Probably. Uh, he could, he's I mean, gonna what, eat one of those. Uh, of course, you know I want it. <laughs> of course, you know I want it. Um, he could. I think he could, but. I don't know. Either way, that's a damn, that's a match I want to see. This is a match that not only do you want to see, you never thought you would see. <laughs> um, that'll be the plan, certainly down the road. Uh, and yeah, we can we can book that one wherever the fuck we want. We can sit on it. We can have it go places. Uh, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, I just hope at some point Samoa Joe gets to wrestle again. Go out on his terms. Yes, I'm sure, yeah. Well, certainly Samoa Joe is not done in the ring Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go to mixed tag action here. Zia Lee and Boa taking on Mercedes Martinez and Jake Atlas. And um, yeah, most of the match was okay. Nothing was too crazy. Mei Ying stands up, just distracts Mercedes, 
which allows Zaya Lee to hit her with a, a massive roundhouse kick to the head, which was legit. It just fucked up Mercedes. You could tell right away. She's She falls to the mat, hits her head. Zaya goes to cover her, but Mercedes is out of it. She kicks out, but she's not even there. She's not even responding. The ref stops the match. Um, but yeah, that was legit as it can be. Yeah, certainly certainly looked like it. And uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez is one of the uh, the the baddest the, one of the baddest bitches out there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just the whole way she kicked out, and then they called the match off right after. That's and the replay, the kick. It was just you know, don't blame Zaya. Things happen in the ring. Uh, but yeah, that sucks. Hopefully she's okay. Yeah, I'm sure everyone will be fine. <sighs> yeah, was a, that was a hard one though. Um, yeah, Zaylee yeah. maybe still a work in progress, but uh, I think the NXT fans are excited uh, for Tian Cha. Yeah, and I'm sure they can turn this into a big angle. Uh, I mean, they've already fought a couple times, but if Mercedes is injured and she comes back, get a nice little babyface pop. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, then Tommaso Ciampa, Timothy Thatcher, they come out, followed by MSK, and then they've all got chairs. They just kind of have a nice little sit down and cut promos back and forth. But Ciampa and Thatcher definitely got the better of them. You know the crowd and us. We're still not on MSK's side, so... I'm rooting for Thatch and Champer all the way next week. Well, and and I think if there is a time to uh, to move the championships off of MSK, it would be now. Uh, the crowd yeah. is not hot on them, and if Trips wants them to, you know, and Trips, what's the other guy's name? Shawn Michaels. What's the other guy's name? Yeah. Matt Bloom. <laughs> if they want yeah. him to be hot, let's maybe they just got maybe they just got the opportunity too early. Let's take yeah. the belts maybe off of Lewis- them. Have them yeah. do their, you know, kind of work themselves around, and then eventually, uh, maybe even turn them heel for a bit. Make yeah, them sure. I mean, things. it's been almost three months. This, this, they, they won the belts at uh, Stand and Deliver, uh, yeah. oh, which was what a couple days before Mania. So it has been long enough, and I feel like if after you know almost three months, and you're still not over as a babyface. This is we're we're entering some Roman Reigns uh, <laughs> territory right now, pre-Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly. Um, but hopefully they do the right thing. Give it to Champa, the Thatch man. And I would like a little update, um, uh, just for you, Mike, uh, here on MSK and um, uh, MSK or the Rascals, as they were known on the Indies. Mike, I was touting uh, their uh, their reign. And how long yeah, it was. They have <laughs> recently been stripped of that title. Of the PWG <laughs> World Tag Team Championships. PWG will be returning in August with all of your favorite Banditos. All your favorite Jeff Cobbs. All your favorites. Um, however, uh, they'll be looking for new champions. So uh, the Rascals did end their reign at a whopping 1,167 days. The wow. uh, the longest single reign in the uh, in the company's history uh, of that belt, and uh, only nine hundred days behind the total days of the Young Bucks. Which uh, so I mean, no one's gonna, uh, no one will be catching either of those uh, records anytime soon. No, don't think so. No. Uh, then we go to the parking lot Uh-oh. where the way 
Exactly. Uh -oh. Danger. Uh oh. They attack Carrion Cross. Cross in his, uh, his nice car. They beat him up, or they try to, but Cross is able to fight them off, lay both men out, and then he gets in his car and it looks like he's trying to kill Gargano, ready to run him over. But Samoa Joe just picks up Gargano by the collar like a little kid, <laughs> saves his life. He's just like, get back in there. Get back in there. Samoa Joe already making his presence immediately felt. If Samoa Joe was around the parking lot this time a year ago, like lives <laughs> would have been saved. Yeah, careers, championships, lots of stuff. Yeah, the, the, Samoa Joe also slowly, slowly turning into the hardest working man in professional wrestling. Yeah, you know, he's he's, he's moving around more than Shavoni every show. Shavoni's over here, he's backstage, say, he's on sure. commentary, he's in the middle of the ring. Samoa Joe yeah. is uh, you know, he's getting he's getting his fifteen thousand steps in uh between <laughs> eight and ten on Tuesday. Absolutely. Uh but earlier in the night there was kind of a backstage scuffle between Bronson Reed and Isaiah Swerve Scott, and he challenged Reed to a title match. And he accepted, so uh Pretty much relating to what you were pumping the tires of earlier. These on the spot kind of no plan title matches. Yeah, like yeah, like we said, there's all there, you know, there's a there's a there's a million ways to skin a cat. And this is one of them. Fucking I want it. Let's go. Uh yeah, so this is your main event, Bronson Reed, Swerve Scott, North American title. Uh just a nice, you know, back and forth, strength versus speed. You had hit row on the outside. Swerve, he goes for this big sunset bomb to the floor, and then Reed just blocks and just sits on him all of his weight. Every time he does that, it's like how? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how? When he just like falls on you, but uh, ouch! Swerve, ouch! Swerve, <laughs> Swerve fights back. He hits a big German suplex on Reed, but uh, Bronson regains control, climbs the top rope, looks to hit the tsunami, but when he's up on the ropes, a uh, member of the hit row jumps on the apron. Distracts the ref as Ashanti the Adonis then slams Reed down. Top Dalla comes running in, takes a big lunge at Reed, but he sidesteps, and Dalla crashes hard through the barricade. And I said it before, the NXT barricade just crashes better. Than the yeah, it, I think they, either they have a <laughs> microphone like underneath it, you know, to really catch the sound of it falling, or who yeah, knows? The it could plexiglass, be, like, it could be built of something yeah. completely different. But yeah, that mix of the plexiglass along with the uh, yeah. the cage element of it all. The gray one just like falls over. You know, it no. really just sort of feels like it was barely there in the first place. It's like yeah. a, it's like an announcer's table and Tony Storm is walking up to it. Exactly. It's just sort of already waiting to go. So yeah, top dollar. He crashes through the barricade, and then Ashanti the Adonis. He gets tossed over the barricade as well. Um, but all this commotion is allowed Swerve to recover. So Bronson gets back in the ring. Swerve hits him in the back of the head with the house call. And while Reed is kind of laid out on the bottom rope, Swerve climbs up, hits this awesome springboard 450 splash onto Bronson, and that gets him the three count, just like that. New North American champion. And new! He's on. Yeah, good stuff. He's been on a roll this year, man. The hit row. This is good for them. Good for him. Good for everyone. Um, there's been a bunch of rumors of Bronson Reed getting called up. So this could be the reason for his very short title reign. Okay. I, I mean, it feels like match, it. Or a dark match or a main event match last week or something. something like like main said. event, main event? Yeah, main event. Like I think the, the, show starring, well. the show starring Ricochet and Tucky? Yeah. Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed. Both really? Main event matches. Huh. One or two weeks ago. That's interesting. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, because it feels like what Bronson Reed just won the match, or sorry, won the belt. Feels like maybe over a month ago, so it really Change doesn't feel match, like a yeah. long time. But uh, this was great. This was great not only for sort of squat Scott, but like you said, hit row. I liked that they didn't get involved until late, and it was a super yeah. minor distraction. Uh, yeah, compared like to some, even... compared to some of the shit that the uh, the bad brothers uh, that's what I'm gonna call them <laughs> now I refuse to say it yeah I like that like. <laughs> the bad brothers and eventually it's gonna work its way to like shitty brothers uh, oh I just might as well start calling that now because when the shitty brothers enter up a match they just gotta fuck the whole thing and they're like they're t- they their spray tan is worse than Donald Trump's but when Hit Row <laughs> comes down to the ring it's a small distraction and then it, uh, this is all they needed to open the door for the Hit Row to gain the gold add some legitimacy to their faction it's three or more four of them that counts yeah and uh, uh it, it feels like you know swerve has been really waiting for this moment for a while he's been on a great great three or four months uh working his way through uh takeover fuck who was he feuding with before and it was uh some great matches with kushida also around yeah. that uh that cruiserweight championship yeah and no, he's Ever since he's turned heel, he's turned it up. He's he's been a lot. Just he's just had more to him in the he ring. Put he some, was always a good he wrestler. He put some cool color in his dreads. Uh, yeah, NXT, started wearing grills. NXT has done a great job protecting the whole faction and really just adding adding a championship is the final step needed to solidify. Uh, the group is one to watch because right now with our undisputed, you know, with no more undisputed era, we need a new faction to uh, to run the show here and. Who knows? Hit Row is a great option for that. Yeah, they've already got the merch ready. Uh, I want to see. I want to see B Fab get in the ring. I don't think we've seen her yet. We have not seen her yet. Uh, She's got those cool white dreads. Cool look. It's a cool look. It's a good look. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that was a great. That was a great main event. Fucking didn't see that coming. And uh, just another another great episode of NXT as we work our way towards this Great American Bash. Yeah. Uh, but that was the wrestling week. Everything, all your weekly television. Uh, we're back on a regular schedule now for AEW. Yeah, it'll be really nice to see uh, when everything comes back. Uh, that was all the wrestling week action. Um, so let's get into our last segment. Let's get into the wrestler of the week. It's the wrestler of the week. Of the week. Wrestler of the week. Of the week. Mike, I'm going to lead this one off for you this week. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, really, been been a uh, been one of the shining stars on Monday Night Raw the past few weeks, and like you hinted, really the entire time he's been called up. I got to give my wrestler of the week to Matt Riddle. Two matches uh, on the same show—that's a big deal. Uh, he's been doing great stuff with Randy. The forged letter was really funny to me too, and uh, I liked all the stuff. Um, him doing, him wrestling like Randy Orton. He had the little D. He had the uh, you know kind of the DDT from the uh, from the middle rope. There, he had the RKO. I think last week. Um, it's yeah, like you said, the kids are gonna love him. He's just entertaining to watch, and isn't that what the most important thing of sports entertainment is in the first place? Uh, so Matt Riddle, you are my wrestler of the week. 
Yeah, great pick. Um, if every NXT call up could be treated like him, it would be great. Mm-hmm. The world would be a better place. Amen. <laughs> but uh, my wrestler of the week, uh, I want to give a quick honorable mention. She's not the winner, but um, referee Aja Smith was the one in that Zia Lee Mercedes match. She was the one that threw up the X, stopped the match right away, helping out Mercedes. And Aja Smith, she's probably my favorite NXT referee right now. Is that the uh, is that Leon Ruff's wife? Is that is that that? Uh... I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, 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 that, yeah. But I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's good. She's cool. Fantastic. Uh, but she's not the winner. <laughs> although, uh, although that good. would this would be unprecedented though. If if for two weeks straight, an official won wrestler the referee. Of the week. I mean, I had yeah, Jason Ayers not... last week, of course. Why? I yeah. don't remember. He did something <laughs> dumb though. Yeah, it's when the yeah you like it. When I know they it was the one. It, it was the one in the Rhea Charlotte match who disqualified her oh, for, the uh, yeah. for the DQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I remember. Well, I'm gonna go with a man who just tore the house down. We all know the future is bright. I call him a man, but he is Jungle Boy. He's my wrestler of the week. I agree, and I'm sure we'll be we'll, we'll be seeing him many more times uh, win this award. Uh, yeah. I mean, if probably for as long as the podcast will keep going, he will be <laughs> in the contention for that. Uh, the uh, the future is bright for him. I mean, uh, you know, he didn't win this one, but he could win his next one. Yeah, he's uh, he'll he'll be capturing some gold sooner than later, whether it's a tag title run, a TNT title run, or the big one eventually. But yeah, we love Jungle Boy, yeah. Jack Perry. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Do you think eventually he will drop the boy? He won't be Jungle Boy anymore. So he's just going to be Jungle, or even Jack Jack Perry. Jungle Jack. Jungle Jack, that could work. Or even just Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Or just Perry. Uh, Jungle, (laughs) any or 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 a different name entirely, just like Daniel Mike. Mikeinson, uh, <laughs> Daniel Mike Mikeinson. You never know, but yeah, I, there had there will probably be a period of time where he's like, you know, no more Jungle Boy. But I think until then, it still works. He can still kind of be mid to late twenties and still be Jungle Boy because he doesn't talk much. Oh, you know? Uh, yeah. Do we know the song yeah. yet? I don't have the song <laughs> memorized yet. I don't have the uh, the exact melody, but I know to go. Oh, uh, I could follow along with the crowd. If they were doing it, I could right. catch the tune. Yeah, you could catch the tune because they were all singing it there. They were all singing it yeah. there. It's well, not like Judas where you need to know some words. Yeah. And then, you know what's weird when they do Judas now is that, of course, for the majority of the uh, the entrance, the camera is on like people in the crowd singing along. Right? Because it yeah. looks good on camera. <laughs> but then sometimes they pan to somebody who's not singing. And my question is yeah. always like, why them? Like, there's somebody <laughs> like two rows behind them singing their heart out. I'm like, focus on that guy. Don't focus on the person mouthing along the words like they're Garth and Wayne's World singing Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was all the time oh, we have for the show this week. Thanks for listening, folks. Remember, you can rate, like, subscribe. The podcast is everywhere. Uh, come back because next week we'll probably be. Uh, well, uh, the great the Great American Bash will be in our rear view, and the gearing up towards live crowds uh, will be straight ahead. That's right. right. Uh, so let's let's have some fun. Enjoy your long week and get away. And everyone there, have a good time. Have a good time, folks. We'll see you the next week on the show. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>